the bread of life for your people here today. Lord, we want to just um, be delivered in every way. We want to increase. We want overflow, healings, everything that you have already given us. We call it down right now in Jesus' name. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, the prophecy that we got yesterday. But basically, I want to say, go look again. <laughs> go look again. Amen. Go look again. How many of you feel like things have been stolen? Anybody in here feel like the devil, devil steal from everybody? See, I, I already identified y'all over there trying to, oh, no, I, I, I. devil steal from everybody. Because that's his job. Kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. Well, let me ask you this. Do you want it back? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God is making, he's already made provisions to take back what the devil has stolen. Amen. Here's another thing. Have your promises been unfulfilled? See, there they go again. Yes. You mean you got everything that God promised. Or maybe you don't know what God promised you. That could be too. Amen. You don't know what your entitlements are. Amen. As as sons and daughters of Abraham, you are entitled to everything that Abraham was entitled to. All the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. So there's a lot of things that maybe a lot of people don't know what they're entitled to. You're entitled to health, wealth, um, every kind of blessing, amen, salvation, healing. All these things are yours already. Why? Because you are the redeemed of the Lord, amen. According to Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And sickness is a curse. Poverty is a curse. Amen. These are curses, and you've been redeemed. Therefore, you're entitled to have everything, all the riches that God has already said that you could have. And so we don't need to settle. And in this day, we learned yesterday that God is saying this is a new era. You know, an era can be as long as it needs to be. Not like a season that comes and goes. But an era is a, 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 like a, a certain time where, um, just like the, the Bush era or the, whatever it is, the Goldberg era. I mean, it's as long as it needs to be. So this is a new era where God is giving back and taking back what the devil has stolen from his people. So God is doing something new. Amen. He's bringing radical restoration to his people. Do you believe that? See, it's all in what you believe. It's all in what you want to see happen. Amen. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to receive it, and there's going to be a few that don't because they think the same old way. But behold, God is doing a new thing. Amen. He's bringing radical restoration to his people. So pull the promises off the shelf. Pull them off the shelf. Amen. Hallelujah. And keep them close to your heart. Amen. Hallelujah.
Pull them off the shelf. the devil snatch it away from you. Amen. Amen. See, the devil will come in and he will try to steal the promises. Amen. But don't let him. Keep them close to your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep, keep them close to your heart. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> So, see, the devil, he wants to continue to steal because he don't like new seasons, new times, new eras. God is calling this a new era where he's doing something new. So he is saying, take back all of those things off the shelf, dust them off, hold them close to your heart. All of those promises, all of those prophecies from the prophets that you thought was not working or you thought it was a false prophecy because it didn't come to pass. God is saying, dust those off. He's saying, take them back. Hold them close to your heart because he, he has not changed. He's going to, he's already working. It's not he's going to do. He's already done it. Amen. But there has been such warfare over the promises of God. Why? Because he doesn't want you to think that he, he, he wants you to think exactly what you think. He wants you to think those promises have dust on them, mold, they'll never come to pass. He's not going to do what he said he's going to do. God is not a man that he should lie. And so he is saying, take them back and keep them close to your heart. And don't allow the devil to creep up and snatch them away. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. He is saying meditate again on those promises. Meditate on them. Keep them in your mind. Keep them close to your heart. Amen. You can choose what you meditate on. You're either going to meditate on the promises of God, meditate on the goodness of God, or you're going to meditate on what's in your carnal mind. See, the, the promises of God are foolishness to the carnal mind. If you look at the promises of God with your natural thinking, you're never going to agree with it. And that's why people don't agree with it. Because it's, not only is it unfamiliar, but it seems like just a fairy, a fairy tale. Because the first thing that grabs you is, well, I don't have it yet. I didn't get it. But you don't understand 
that God has been fighting warfare. He's been, you remember that angel that held up the word 21 days? I mean, that's just an example of the warfare over the spoken word of God. There is warfare over everything that you expect from God. And especially if we haven't been standing in faith. Because a lot of those promises, we either went out and did it without God, got into trouble, you know, I bought a car, couldn't afford it, whatever, you understand, or we just gave up on it. But God is saying this is a new era, a new dawning, a new time, a new season where I am going to show myself strong in your behalf. And it's a, it's a, a, a time where we just have to believe what God is saying. Believe that it's not like it used to be. You can't believe with your carnal thinking. You have to believe with your heart. And I believe that's why God is saying keep them close to your heart. Meditate on them with your heart. And don't let them go. Amen. Amen. Every promise is yes and amen. God always says says yes. He never says no unless it's something that the devil is trying to get you to do. Or something that's not going to work out for you. But he always says yes, especially to his promises. He doesn't contradict himself. And it's time for us to show God that we trust him and we believe him. It's time for us to show him that we are uh, believing the things that he's promised. We're taking them off the shelf. We're taking them out of that old folder. And we're believing again. So all God is asking us to do is believe again well i'm older put on weight you know my my uh thoughts are not the same my desires have changed well keep them in your heart and ask god to make them real to you again amen you know promises have nothing to do with your age they really don't hallelujah hallelujah and for all of you that still want children, I have you know, who's that had a baby, uh, pregnant at 56? Yeah, Sandra Bullock. She's wanted kids for so many years, 56 years old. And you know what she said? At last. Pregnant at last. Hallelujah. Yeah, give God a hand because that's nothing short of a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so I was so happy for her and overjoyed when I saw that. I said, wow, thank you. I just thanked the Lord. I said, thank you, God, because this woman has wanted children for a long, long time. Amen. She's adopted uh, two, two children. But, you know, God is still faithful. He is still faithful. And there are some people who are afraid to believe again. I'm, I'm going to believe, but I'm going to believe in quiet. Don't work like that. I've tried that one, too. It don't work. Amen. You have to believe with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. You must believe again. And so this is all I'm saying to you is go back and look again. Amen. Look again and see what God is saying about your situation. God is rewriting your story or rewriting the story of your life. It's not done. Amen. I like it when the, uh, 
this is from another prophecy from the same lady. She says God is rewriting. I like it because he's not folding in that old stuff that didn't work or the stuff that didn't make me happy. She says he is rewriting. So when I hear that, it makes me think that he is putting all of the things in there that I really hold dear in my heart. Maybe some of the stuff that wasn't in the old story. Some things that I held in my heart that nobody ever knew. He's incorporating that into the story of my life and yours. Amen. But it's like this. Only believe. But you know, religion, I'm going to tell you what, what will fight worse than your carnality is religion. Religion will always, because it reasons. And it's got to find a reason why. It, did, it don't matter why it didn't work. <laughs> the important thing is it will work and it is working now. God stands at the door and he knocks. Knocks at the door of your heart. Will you open the door and let him in? Will you open that door, the door to your heart, and say, yes, God, I will believe again. I'm going to trust you again. I still desire these things. Or you stay in pride and say, I don't want them anymore. That's pride. Pride comes before the fall. Amen. So we need to gather all of those prophetic words. That stuff wasn't false. That was real stuff. Hold God to his word now. He's saying, look, get up in my face in a respectful way. But get up in my face and tell me that you're standing again. Hold God. God wants you to hold him responsible for his words. Amen. He's not running from what he said. He says, hold him to his word. God, you said. But God, you said. And I've been waiting. And I I know I've not been waiting in faith all of this time. And that's why why I'm saying repent. Repent and hold God to his word. You can't hold him to his word without repentance. Make sure what side you're on. Amen. Because a lot of people are not on God's side. Especially when they have negativity piping in their ears from other people. Well, he didn't do it yet, so why would he do it now? You you don't need that. It was somebody, uh, I think that was a friend of Sheree's, uh, the, the little guy in the wheelchair. Remember, he was still believing for his healing, and his aunt said, well, what you, what you need to get out of, Eugene, what you need to get out of the wheelchair now for? You're over 50 years old. You don't need to get out of that wheelchair. So you'd be surprised. People are negative. Because they don't want your dream to come to pass. I know you think they do, but they don't. I'm going to tell you why. Because if they see your dream come to pass, then that's going to put conviction on them. Because they're not using their faith. Amen? Amen. It's like Noah's faith convicted the world. It condemned the world. And they don't want that condemnation heaped on them if you get what you... If you get what you're, you've been waiting for, then what, what, where does that leave them? It leaves them unknowing, ungodly, not hearing from God. 
And so they're going to keep piping in until you shut that down. So you have to choose ye this day who you're going to serve. You're either going to serve man or you're going to serve God. You can't have it both ways. You cannot have. Why, why would you halter between two opinions? I think that's the scripture. You cannot have it both ways. You're either going to reject one and follow God totally, wholeheartedly, and hang in there for the long haul, fight the good fight of faith. Yeah, it's going to take some more faith. It's going to take some more faith. It's going to take some more trusting and some more believing. Amen? But you have proof now. You have proof that God is not finished with you. He's rewriting the story of your life. Amen? I like that, and I'm going to keep saying it. Amen. So don't get into competition with the Word of God or those who want to remind you. And let me warn against that. Amen. See, I'm telling you, something happened to people who talk against what God has already said. They don't hang around here too long. You, can, you cannot, what, what would that be? Um, it's competing against God, but it's really calling God a liar. You can't do that. You have to repent to stay in the game. Amen? And so we need to follow God. Follow him totally. Amen? Let's go to Deuteronomy 1. Praise God. Be willing to let God rewrite your story. Knowing that there has been much warfare over your rhema. And it's not over until God says it's over. He never says it's over. Amen? Amen. You may have been going through a lot of tests and trials during this period, if you're like me. But God's been preparing you for such a time as this. In other words, this is no accident. God's been preparing you for this time. He's been preparing your uh, promises for this time. So what, that, what does that mean to me? They're going to be better, more, abun- more abundance. The God of uh, uh, Ephesians 3.20 will show up with exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. But yes, this this next move of God is going to be according to what's on the inside of you. And all you need to do, if you're still in that old mindset where God didn't do it and he's not going to do it now, what makes this so different, is change your mindset. You, you make a decision what you meditate on. You can sit up and meditate on negativity, on the, on the past, what didn't happen and why, why didn't it happen. Well, number one, it didn't happen because you weren't in faith. But see, we want to blame God all the time. Amen? So if you really want to know, that's part of it. And the other part is God never said that he was not doing it. He's working on it. But it's already done. God gave us Amos 9.13. I mentioned this yesterday, but we really weren't feeling it. I can tell most people were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why? Because we saw a trickle. But we didn't see the full manifestation. So we kind of just set Amos 9.13 aside. 
Amen. Not knowing that that was the introduction to the new era. Amen. Hallelujah. But God is faithful. He is faithful to his word. Amen. Deuteronomy 1, or did I say 11? It's 1, 11. And it says, may the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised. I'm going to read it again. May the Lord God of your fathers, that's the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. As he has promised you. Amen. That's the word of God. So I'm not just standing here talking to you about some stuff like what I feel. That's not, I'm telling you the word. If I don't come up here and preach the word, I don't preach. Amen. Hallelujah. You are blessed as he has promised you. And this same scripture is in Genesis 15, 5. If you would write that down, go home and read it. When God brought Abraham outside and said, look up to heaven, look at the stars, look up and look down. It's the same scripture. Amen. He says, uh, so shall your descendants be. You remember the scripture. And it says, and Abraham believed. And that's what it's time for you to do. Do as Abraham did. He believed. That's Genesis 15, 5. Same thing. So be like Abraham. Believe again. This is all God is asking us to do. God is sovereignly going to restore your life. Why? Because he's unlocking some things. He's unlocking some things. Hallelujah. So declare it. And nothing shall stand in the way of God's decree. And so this is why we need to decree the same thing that God is decreeing. Listen, the unlocking, and this is what the Lord spoke to me, the unlocking comes through the decree. I think I posted that on Facebook this morning. The unlocking comes through the decree. Are y'all here? If you don't decree a thing, you probably won't see it. In other words, your decree should be, look, God said it, I believe it, and I'm not moving. I'm standing on this word, I'm standing on the promises of God, and I'm not moving. I'm totally convinced that what God says he can do, he can do. And this is why God is saying, hold me to my word. Hold me to it and see won't I do it. God is looking for people who are strong about now. Those who want to see change. If you're so tired because nothing has ever changed, then put your money where your, put your faith where your mouth is. <laughs> Amen. Put your faith out there. God is saying, what are you going to do now that you found me? Hallelujah. What are you going to do? What are you going to believe? 
What are you going to stand for? Are you going to stand for a little while and then quit and then stand and then quit and then stand? You know that's not standing. That's playing a little game. That's musical chairs. Amen. But when you when you declare it and you continue to declare, he's unlocking some things. In other words, your decree unlocks some things. Amen. And nothing shall stand in the way of the decree of God. And you need to tell the devil that nothing, nothing is going to stand in the way of God's decree. Nothing. I will not let it. Not this time, devil. Not this time. Nothing shall stand in his way. He's going to restore and add more. Amen. God shall restore and add more. He will restore and add more. And that's where God is right now. So we need to pull our mindsets into where God is. Get where God is in your mindset. See, your biggest enemy is, is the mind. Is, you know why? Because the Bible says, That the carnal mind is the enmity of God. In other words, it's at war with God. That's what it means. Look it up. The carnal mind is the enmity of God. It's at your your carnal mind or your natural way of thinking is at war with how God thinks. And that's just the way it is. But we can turn that around. Anytime you get tired of thinking the old way. See, the old way doesn't bring you anything. You can go and you can whine and cry to other people and get a little trickle. Well, here, I, I, I have a little extra money. I can give you this. It doesn't work for next week and the week after. They just don't. You know I feel you. It helps for then, but not for now. And so we need to get used to lining our thoughts and our hearts up with what God has already done. Amen. Hallelujah. Let your faith bring it in. Let your faith pull it in. Amen. Hallelujah. Let your faith pull it in. Amen. We live by the word of God. Y'all know that, right? Let's go to Matthew 4. We live by the word of God and his word only. Matthew 4, 4. We read it yesterday, I think, or I talked about it yesterday. And this is Jesus talking, and this is when he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was very hungry. Now the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And here comes the devil. He loves a green light. He don't care. He like red lights, too, because he'll try to ambush them, too. Amen. But in verse 4 of Matthew 4, it says, but he answered. This is, okay, let me do three. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
So in other words, you live not by the carnal realm of what you see or what your, um, you don't live by your feelings. You don't live by what you think or what you see. You live by the word of God. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God, this is what you live for. And this is what you take a stand. You take a stand for the word that's proceeded out of God's mouth. If he sent his son to that cross so that you would be redeemed from the curse of the law, and that's redeemed from the curse of sickness, redeemed from poverty, redeemed from what else? Uh, uh, not having the opportunity to get saved. In other words, salvation is free. Healing is free. Poverty coming out of it, that's free. Prosperity is free. And so if this is what you're living by, then you need to take a stand for it. You take that stand. In other words, you live by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Not, you don't live by your rules and your regulations. You don't live by what you think is best for you. You don't live according to somebody else's standards. But you live according to the written word of God. And the written word of God echoes the rhema word. Amen. The New Testament, the written word, is, is a, what is, what is, it's a, it's the, well, I'll put it like this. The, the Old Testament is a type and shadow of what the New Testament is saying about what God has already proclaimed. Amen. Are y'all here? Amen. And so these are the things that you base your life on and you stand on. These are the things. And so man does not live by bread alone, what you eat, what you drink, stuff. But you live by the word that has come out of the mouth of God. What, in other words, whatever God has said, you live by that. Whatever God is doing, you live by that. You base your life on what he said, not what you think, not what you think is too late for listening to people or listening to your mind, your carnal mind and say, I'm too old now. I don't want that. We live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. You don't live by what you see, think or feel. When your heart fails you, God is still there to pick you up and encourage you again. And I, I know in some instances, a lot of your heart has failed you. Amen. You ever been down and thought you couldn't get back up and you fall into like a depression? Your heart has failed you. But guess what? God is the antidote for that, too. He can lift you up and and. Other words, this is what he's trying to do right now. He's trying to lift you up. Amen. So live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, even when your heart fail you. And God is saying to his people in this hour that he is leading us in a different way. So don't make this difficult. God is leading us in a different way. And trust and follow him. And don't allow distractions to cause you to miss this move of God. 
And it's not coming. It's here. So you need to start talking to God. This is not something that's, oh, it's coming, it's coming, get ready. It's not that way. Because that was man anyway, making his assumption on what he thought was going on. God's already said it. His, his voice and his heart was already with you. You know that scripture that says, I know the thoughts, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the thoughts that I have for you, thoughts of peace and not evil. We didn't always know God had peaceful thoughts. In fact, we thought God did us wrong if we tell the truth. We thought God wasn't going to do it, put us in a trick bag or however you want to say it. But it's the lie of the enemy. Amen. <laughs> trick bag, whatever. Y'all know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. You know, God's not a trickster, but the enemy is. Because all of that stuff came from the enemy. That's where it originated in the heart of the enemy. And he kept speaking it to you, speaking it to you, speaking it to you, a little bit here, a little bit there, until he convinced you. God's not going to do it. He has no intention of doing what he said. And God is not a man that he should lie. So don't allow distractions to cause you to miss this move of God. Distractions in the news. Distractions all kind of way. Kick them out. Amen. This is your time with God. Amen. Elijah said, I hear the abundance of rain. Abundance means everybody gets blessed. It means also heavy rain, (laughs) large quantity, multitude, heavy rain, amen. It means bounty, wealth, and plentitude. Everybody gets blessed. He also, God is saying there's new clouds starting to arise, amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Kings. Eighteen. There's new clouds starting to arise. Amen. Can you believe that? See, it's all in what you allow yourself to believe. How do you make yourself believe something? By surrounding yourself with it. Stay in your word. Stay off the phone. Turn the TV off. Those are distractions. People that you go to and discuss everything with. Stop it. People didn't, did they create, I'm like God when he straightened Job out. He said, did you create the foundations of the earth? (laughs) Did you create the gold and all of the oil? What did you do? You did nothing. Amen. Amen. But allow the devil to distract you from what I was doing in your life. I'm still going to do it, Job. And I'm going to give you a thousand times more. Hallelujah. A thousand times more. If you give me that chance. But in 1 Kings 1 through 1 and 2, and it says, let's see, let's read that. First Kings eighteen one 
and 2, it says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Amen. Now, that's a sacrifice for him, a man of God. Now, Elijah had already, I'm thinking, yeah, he had already called called a, a famine. He commanded it to stop raining. And now he wants it to rain again. Amen. He's, he's, it's according to he's under God's authority. Amen. And God does things for a purpose, not to make people suffer. So now it's time. It's been three years, I think, or three and a half years, something like that. And God is saying, go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. So verse 2 says, so Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in Samaria. Amen. Verse 3, I'll read that when it says, and Ahab had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, for so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets, the prophets of God, she massacred them. It says, and Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hid them, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. So in other words, Obadiah was not the enemy of Elisha, but he had hidden away the uh, prophets because he didn't want... uh, he didn't want Jezebel, the evil wife, to kill all of them. Now, Jezebel was in favor of the prophets of Baal. In other words, false prophets who would come among the true prophets. Only thing wrong with a false prophet, among other things, is their words have no power. Amen. And you can easily see through, but they, they are very evil amen and they can convince you with their false signs and wonders but they have no power hallelujah so let's see i think i'm supposed to be reading let's drop down to verse 21 yeah verse 21 i gotta get up again okay and it says here And Elisha came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people answered him not a word. See, he's trying to plea, make a plea to the people to follow the word of the Lord. To not let any other word uh, convince them of what God can do for them. Kind of just like what I was doing all morning, what I've been doing. Trying to show you where God's heart is. And so he's saying, quit being one day for righteousness, and the next day you want to see, because of your fear of Jezebel, you want to see what she's saying come to pass. He says, so stop haltering between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. And if the Lord, the God that you are believing in, then follow him, but make a decision. The Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. 
It's either yes or no, but, but there's no uh, demilitarized zone, so to speak. There's no, you can't be warm. Lukewarm don't work. So if you're for God, get on God's side and take a stand and take a chance and stop complaining and stop changing your mind. Stop following these false gods that give you false answers and a temporary fix. Amen. Then in 22, then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left the prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. In other words, see, he, he wasn't sure that the, the, he didn't know about the hidden hundred uh, prophets of God in the caves that Obadiah had hidden. And so he was looking at it, the situation, saying, look, I stand 450 to 1. But I know I'm a true prophet of God, and I will prevail against all 450. In other words, listen, this is what God is saying in this hour right now. I don't care how many false prophecies you've gotten. The false prophecies are mainly in our minds that say it's never going to happen. It didn't happen so far, so why should I trust God now? It's not going to work. Those are false prophecies. And they're made by false prophets in your mind. We need to make a choice if you're going to believe those voices or if you're going to believe the word of the Lord. Amen. And this is the situation that Elisha found himself in right here. Hallelujah. Let's go down to verse 25. And then it says, Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourself and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. I'm sorry, put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even, even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. A God. Are y'all here? With a small g. Even, either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey. Or perhaps he is sleeping and must not be awake and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves. Oh, they mad. Standing. See, that's what we need to do for God, for the true word. Cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lance and last late what's that? Lances, until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday had passed, they prophesied until the time of the off- offering of the evening sacrifice but there was no voice no one answered no one paid attention amen hallelujah false gods can't answer you amen come out of your comfort zone and take a stand this is what god is saying and allow the lord to empower you by the spirit you know god has spirit 
for you. You live in the spirit. We're spirit beings. Come out of the flesh. These gods were these gods were false. They were fleshly. They couldn't answer anybody. The people made a plea to them. They were quiet. Elisha said they must be sleeping or on vacation. Something's wrong with your God. He was trying to prove to the people that they were following after false gods, false voices, false plans, false hopes. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go down to verse 38. Hallelujah. And there also they were trying to rebuild that altar. Verse 38 says, and then the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. See, they saw a demonstration of God's power when the fire was licked up. Amen. Well, look at it like this. Their God didn't make a word, didn't make a sound. So at least they have some signs and wonders to hold on to. (laughs) See, people always want a sign. And these people are the ones that always wanted a sign. So the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt sacrifices and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water and was in the trench that was in the trench. And now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. And so they seized them and Elisha brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. No, not poor. Oh, uh-uh. It's not, they're, they're devils. Amen. Amen. See, God is the God of impossibilities. He's the God of the impossible. He spoke when no other God spoke. Amen. Hallelujah. He gave a demonstration of his power with signs. And this is what our God does. He's given us signs about what we put on the shelf and allowed dust to cover. He's given us a demonstration. As you go along, God lets us know it's not for nothing. You're going to, you know, I'm going to do it. See, we miss God thinking in the other realm. If you are too in tune with other things, you'll miss what God is is doing for you. It's like what I'm saying is this. If God does not bring your, um, if he's not brought your promise to this point, there has been little signs and wonders on the side that he's been performing just for you to hang on. He's been doing things, giving you things, bringing you over the hump. Can I say that? Keeping you, encouraging you. If you haven't received that, you've been missing it. Let me tell you why. If you're so in tune with the negative, if you're allowing too much negativity to be in your life, 
You can miss the little things on the side, the little bunny trails, I'll call it, that God can take you down to keep you encouraged and keep you blessed. There's blessings that God give you on the way to help you stay encouraged. I've been receiving all of those things and blessings galore. Have you? You have to come out of the negative way of thinking. Come out of carnality. You have to let that carnal realm die. Come out of what you thought or how you thought it was supposed to happen and get on board with what God is saying in this hour. Maybe it just wasn't time. Or if it's time, maybe God just, you know, you didn't show enough faith. But you didn't give him nothing to work with. God is saying in this hour, give me something to work with. Are y'all here today? Give me something to base my word on. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a, a, a we're in partnership with God. Whatever you want from God, you're in partnership with him for. It's not just all up to him. Amen. You got to talk right. You have to think right. You have to live right. You can't listen to the devil's words. Amen. Some people get so confused they don't know how to make a decision. If you don't haven't been there, I have. You got to take a radical faith of step of faith. And come out of your comfort zone and take a stand and allow God to empower you by his spirit. He's not leaving you out there by yourself. You don't do things like that. Get rid of the devil's voice in your mind and you'll go back and look again. Go back and look again. There's something there. God is not finished with your story. He's rewriting it. Go back and look again. Amen. Dust off the old promises. Dust off all of the expectations and hold them close to your heart. And let God know that you are still expecting him to come through for you. Because he is a God that never lets you down. He is a good God. And all we need sometimes is just a, a, a small thing where we just need to start to thank God. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Acknowledge him. Let him know that you know that he is the answer because nothing else will do. You don't have another answer. If you do, put it on up there. Amen. There is nothing else. Let's go to verse 45. I think. 43, and said to his, uh, well, he called the people together, and it says, um, so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, uh, let's see, then bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. In other words, he was crying out to God and said to his servants, go up now, look toward the sea. Hallelujah. Are y'all here today? Elisha said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And I think these are prophetic instructions. Are y'all paying attention? 
So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. So Elijah sent the servant back seven times. And on the seventh time, verse 44, it says, then it came to pass the seventh time. And he said, there is a cloud, a small cloud is a man's hand rising out of the sea. And so he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. Amen. Go up and prepare your chariots. Now, Ahab, um, what's his name? Elisha didn't, didn't question the, the, the servant. You notice that? He sent the servant. But he didn't, when the servant came back and said, well, on the seventh time, there is a little cloud, big as a man's hand, standing out in the middle of the sea. Maybe that's the cloud you're looking for. You notice he didn't question him. He just took him at his word. And then he said, he started giving instructions to uh, Ahab. Because he believed God in the beginning. Amen. He didn't really know what sign God was going to give him. He just knew that there was going to be rain. How did he know? Because God told him to call a, uh, uh, what is it? Um, <laughs> wow, it was a famine in the land, y'all. Wake up. There was a famine in the land, and God told him to call for the rain to stop. That caused the famine. And so now it's time for him to call on the, 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 the clouds to make rain again. And so there was really no doubt in Elisha's mind about what his God could do. Because if he figured if God anointed his voice to call a, 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 the, cause the rain to stop, he could anoint him to cause the rain to start again. Are y'all understanding so in other words, we need to take this the, the same way. If God could wake you up this morning, if he could heal you two years ago, if he could come through on your bills like he did last month, he can do what he could give you those promises. You can believe those promises with your life because he's the same God. Nothing different. He's the same God that can do exceedingly and abundantly. In other words, he can do more than what you've seen him do. He's the God of extreme exploits. That's who he is. And there is nothing too hard for him. So God is saying in this hour, choose your God. Who are you going to believe? Amen. You're going to believe the God that's already done it, or are you going to believe that voice? That's a God, too. That voice to tell you it never will work, just the same old thing. That's religion. Number religion. Amen. God don't change. He don't do things. See, that's your carnal thinking. And your carnal thinking is at war with the spiritual mind and heart and thoughts of God. That's what the Bible says, not me. It's God. 
Amen. So see, when we fall into that pattern, we need to catch ourselves and cut that off and say no. That's why I'm saying this next move of God comes with much repentance. Amen. Because we're all guilty. Hallelujah. There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. That's because he expects. He expects abundance. He expects the abundance of rain. Amen. 45 says, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And then the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Amen. Amen. See, abundance starts with a sound. What are you listening to? What can you hear? What will you allow yourself to hear? hear? Depend on what you hear from God and no other source. Amen. Not your mind, not your brokenness, not your discouraged friends. Not logical thinking. That's just logic. Well, we're not logical people. Your spirit. If you're born again, if you're born again, your spirit. Amen. You live in a, a natural realm, but you're not of it. You're in it, but not of it. See, we allow ourselves to become a part of it. But let's see. It's Romans 12, 2 says... To be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind and not become a part of the world. It says don't become a part of it. That carnal, logical thinking. We need to stop it. We're in the world, but we're not of it. So if we're spirit and God gave us a natural mind, but he gave us a spirit mind, we, we make the choice. We make the choice what we're going to believe. We make the choice of what we're going to say. We make the choice. You can change your mindset. You can trust God again. Elijah girded up himself. I, I read that in the, can you get that in the Amplified? When he girded, this verse, what's that, 46? It says, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab in the entrance of Jezreel. Um, 46. Is this amplified? Okay. It says, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, giving him supernatural strength. Are y'all here? He he received supernatural strength. He girded up his loins and outran Ahab. 
to the entrance of Jezreel. And that was nearly 20 miles. Thank you. Now, this is something you need to know. Didn't he tell Ahab to, to pony up? In other words, chariot up. Ahab was on a chariot. He was going to Jezreel, which was the next town, 20 miles away. And it says that Elisha was, was um, he was supernaturally endowed with power by God. And he outrun, ran the chariot. That's what it says. And if you read another translation, it'll tell you more. But he, what Elisha did was outran Ahab's chariot. Amen. You see what faith can do to you? Amen. Faith can do all of these things. See, when you totally yield yourself, yield over into the spirit realm, there's nothing you can't do. Amen. God makes you powerful. He makes you strong. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is what happened on that day. It was a supernatural thing. And it and it out outshines the logical mind. Now see, I can feel logic setting in on some people saying that's impossible to outrun a chariot. See? Your 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 carnal mind or this logical thinking will always put doubt in your mind about what God is saying. It will always do it. There's that's why Elisha told the people, stop being betwixt between two opinions. If God is your God, then serve him. If Baal is your God, go on and serve him. Amen? Like a lot of people do. But you have to make up your mind where your new normal is. And the only reason, I don't even like that term, but the only reason I'm using that term is because it was in that prophecy yesterday where the lady said, God said, that uh, no more delays would be our new normal. So you have to make that decision. Amen. So you need to go and look again like Elijah's servant and be fully persuaded that you hear the abundance of rain coming into your life. God is asking each and every one of us to make a uh, assessments on what you want to see him do now not for the coming year we ain't talking about the coming year we're talking about right now what you want to see him do take your promises and write them on a piece of paper like tippy had it and write everything down and pray over it and say god i'm believing you for this and i want to see it now I want to see it before the year is over. Forget about these New Year's resolutions. Nothing but superstition. Amen. And trust God that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. There's a great unlocking in the spirit realm. And it comes with your decree. The unlocking 
comes with the decree of things. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's for God's glory. Second Chronicles 20, verse 1 through 9, it talks about the spoils. Amen. And I'm not going to read it. It's the story of Jehoshaphat. And we talked about it yesterday. And if you would write that down and read it, and it talks about God's unprecedented uh, blessings and unlockings. And it says that he will, I think this is the scripture where it says they, they had so many spoils. See, this is the thing. God wants to bless you for everything you missed out on too. And that's what this story was about. And there was so much spoil. Let me, let me just read a little bit of it. Let's see. Second Chronicle. It took three days to haul all of that stuff in. Twentieth chapter. Okay. Let's see. Hmm. Let's read verse 7 through 9. Are you not of God who drove out the inhabitants and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your namesake. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is this, for your name is in the temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. So they're crying out to God. Let's jump over to verse 25. And it says, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. That's going to gross you out. But, hey, grow up. And precious jewelry, which they stripped off off for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barachat, and there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the place was called the Valley of Barachat until this day. So it's like this. You give thanks. Over in verse 7, 8, and 9, the people were, uh, they came together. And they were, they were really trying to identify who they were. And they said, we're, Abra- we're descendants of Abraham. So they know that they were um, entitled to the blessing, to the promises of God. Amen. And so you see them gathering together in those early, uh, in those early scriptures or verses, trying to figure out where are we in this. And so they gathered together and they cried out to God. But in verse 25, you see that they went and they, <laughs> and they um, take, took away the spoil. 
So they gave honor and thanks to God, and they prayed. They came before him. Now, doesn't that kind of give you an instruction on what we need to be doing? The promises of God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. I mean, you got to believe them. And so you need to go to God with repentance because God says he's doing a new thing. This is a new era. Amen. He's doing something new. He is unlocking unprecedented, unstoppable blessings. He's unlocking favor. I think favor is going to be like never before. I believe God is trying to encourage us in Amos 9.13 because it really didn't, didn't pick a lot of people up because they weren't in faith. Amen. They saw a trickle, wanted more, but didn't know how to step out. Amen. People talk about wanting keys to this and keys to that and keys to this. The key to unlocking is your voice. Amen. Your voice. Your decree. If you decree what God has already said, then you will see an unprecedented unlocking of God's blessings. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? You need to read the whole 20th chapter and get really what what God is saying. God is a good God. Amen. And I think he's just starting out. He's doing a new thing. Trust him again. Or I should say, will you trust him again? Will you go back and look again? Amen. Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. We bless you, Lord God, and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we just pray for a minute? Oh, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father. And we bless you with the hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you. We release chariots of fire through the hallelujah. And we thank and praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father God. And we lift you up in the name of Jesus. Oh, we love you and we bless you. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, if there's anybody that needs prayer, I can pray for you before we go. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it.